Welcome to the All Souls Episcopal Parish in Berkeley's Sermon Podcast. Today is the third Sunday after Pentecost, and we hear from the Reverend Michael Lemaire as he preaches from the lectionary, which was Luke chapter 9, verses 51 to 62. As always, you can find more information about All Souls or more sermons by All Soulsians on our homepage, which is allsoulsparish.org. The philosopher Heraclitus, the Greek philosopher, fairly obscure, known for his belief that the world was all about flux and change, famously said, you can never step into the same river twice. And I think that's the same reason you can never preach the same sermon twice. Time and again, we come around to texts that are familiar, but it's the context that's different. And so as we wade into the river this morning with this morning's gospel, the context for me lifts up different things. Jesus seems to be in a fairly cranky mood. And I can relate. (laughs) The disciples want to call down fire on their enemies. And I can relate. (laughs) Jesus rebukes them. And I can relate. I got to thinking about rebuking. It's something they only do really in the Bible. You know, Jesus rebukes people, Peter does, Paul rebukes often. But it's not something that seems like we do much anymore. Nobody seems to rebuke. I got interested in the tradition of rebuking, and it seems that in the canon law of the Church of England, clergy were rebuked. It was the first level of censure but it was reserved for clergy. Now, more interestingly, the Church of Scotland had a public rebuking. And this is where somebody of notorious uh, sort of moral, you know, who had done something very wrong, was called forth, and they kept a rebuking stool next to the pulpit. And they'd pull it out, And the person would sit there, and for three Sundays, three Sundays, get harangued by the minister. I mean, who's done something that would require three Sundays worth of material, right? I mean, returning to the community was not that easy in this time. I mean, it's kind of hard to imagine, right? I mean, imagine if we had a rebuking stool here at All Souls. And I were to pull it out and set it here. And I don't know, say I were to call up, for example, a Supreme Court justice. (laughs) And it was my Sunday to preach. And for the good of the community, I'd have to set aside my sermon to rebuke this person. 
to harangue them, to dress them down publicly. You know, as I think about it, three Sundays sounds about right. <laughs> they might have been on to something. Of course, the problem is that the Supreme Court justices never did sit on the rebuking stool. It was never the rich, the well-connected, the landed gentry. They didn't come and sit on the rebuking stool. No, it was the outcasts, the poor, the people who were already bearing a heavy burden of shame and disgrace. So that's part of the reason we don't have a rebuking stool at All Souls. Instead, we have a pride stand. Because here we lift up people. We lift them up so that they don't have to bear that anymore, so that they can be freed. Because this is also Pride Sunday. And this is the time of year when we celebrate the LGBT plus community. And we hold them up to help them be free. To help all of us be free of this legacy of shame and rebuke. This is the anniversary, 19 years ago, that I came to this parish. Joseph and I, on Pride Sunday, came about 45 minutes late. <laughs> Who knew that would be a precedent, right? <laughs> and Father Andrew and his husband and his two kids were standing up here. And the whole parish was standing and clapping because it was Andrew's 25th anniversary of ordination. And Joseph and I were both raised Catholic, and Joseph had been ordained in that tradition. But part of our coming out story was to finally come out spiritually, too. There was finally no place in that community for us, and we came here. And we were seated and welcomed. We got the banana bread. <laughs> and we were hooked. And we were invited into the center of this community and made whole members. And in the time we've been here, I've been ordained, we've been married. This church has come to marry gay people, ordain gay people. And so even in the 19 years I've been here, we've made a lot of progress. And that's part of what we also have to remember today. Because the context isn't just our distress, what's happening in the world. It's also our celebration of the strides we've made the steps we've taken. Because friends, there is still reason for hope and reasons for us to not worry so much. 
In this chapter 9, it doesn't seem so clear this morning, but this is a hinge chapter in Luke. When Jesus sets his face towards Jerusalem, from here on out, he's on his way to be lifted up and crucified. He's on the way. He's taking strides. And he's going to be in a running battle with religious authorities. He's going to be talking to his disciples and to the crowds. But he's always on his way. He's always walking towards where he's going, where he's meant to go. And thing by thing, encounter by encounter, he is becoming Jesus the Christ, the Savior of the world. Each thing he does matters. And just like us, each thing we do matters. Because as Christians, we play the long game. And we know where we're going. And we know how this story ends. So I think setting our faces towards Jerusalem is an important image for us to hold this morning. That at times in our lives, we have to do the hard thing and set our face towards Jerusalem, towards an inevitable conflict, an inevitable breaking. And I think anybody that's made the journey of coming out, the journey of sobriety, traveled through the journey of an end of a relationship, troubled times of your children, knows about setting your face towards Jerusalem, that you have to do the hard thing. But we should expect nothing else. You know, Jesus was resisted, and it was hard. And yet he set his face towards Jerusalem. And so I want to leave you with that image as we think about what it is we need to do and where we're called to serve in this troubled world. But I'd also include one more thing from our friend Heraclitus. He said, our souls are, are dyed the color of our thoughts. Think only on those things that are in line with your principles and that can bear the light of day because your character is your choice. Day by day, what you do is who you become. And so your integrity is your destiny. And let it be a light to guide you on the path.